I'm currently out to try QPR's training ground, waiting to see if they'll sign me. <laughs> How did it go, Harry? Terrific. <laughs> terrific. It was yeah, terrific. Terrific. Crouchy and Sandra. Crouchy and Sandra. <laughs> but I'm still going to call him the little fella. Welcome along to another episode of the Football Funders podcast, brought to you in association with the Proper Blokes Club, walking and talking for men's mental health. And let us talk, the football team raising money for mental health charity Mind. I'm your host for this evening, Ryan, and with me, as always, is Dan the Man Finch. How are you doing, Dan the Man? Guten Tag. That is good, yeah? Yeah, about that. Yes. On tonight's show, it's all about England, predominantly, because within the next 10 days, we are expected to hear that the England squad for the World Cup is due to be announced. So me and Dan thought we'd get in ahead of the game and uh, select our own squads and talk about the potential squad that Gareth Southgate's going to come out with. So we'll start with Gareth Southgate's squad. Now, bearing in mind, we had some friendlies, well, UEFA Cup of Nations into two Bob job recently. And we saw one squad from Gareth Southgate. Do we think that will be his squad for the World Cup then? I think it'll be quite close. I can't remember it, to be honest. But apart from maybe Pickford coming in, I don't know if Tony will go. I don't know if he might take, might be risking maybe getting Rashford or something. But I think overall, it's going to be very similar. I don't think there'll be many changes. We're going to see Maguire and... I can't wait to watch him at a World Cup, bottle it on a world stage again. And uh, my only hope, and we'll get into it in a minute, is that he sticks with Bellingham and Rice, which he has done recently. But I have a feeling if somehow Calvin Phillips can get fit, Calvin will be in there as well. I think it's a, a more of an issue and not necessarily getting fit. I think it's more getting game time, isn't it? Because is, is he injured at the moment or is he just not been in City's side? No, yeah, so he wasn't in City's side, but he's now injured. But I think he's proven before that he doesn't care if they've just come back or what, he'll pick him. So I think it's more of a case of if he's fit enough to be part of the squad. I was going to say, because he did select Phillips for the last squad and then dropped him out when Henderson was fit, if I remember correctly. So, like you, I believe that that's pretty much close to the England team that he's going to take to the World Cup. I think me and you have both said that what Gareth Southgate says compared to what he does is different. So, I agree with you. I think if Phillips is fit and playing, then I, I think he's going to go. I think it's going to be very close to the squad from the last tournament. I can't see there being any major changes. A couple of players that are rumoured not to make it are Marcus Rashford, who's been in fantastic form for Manchester United this season, started the season playing up front, and I think he's Manchester United's top scorer at the moment. Do you think Rashford's got a chance, especially now that Gareth Southgate and all the other international managers are allowed to pick 26 instead of 23 players for this tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Rashford goes even if 23, to be honest. I think he'll go ahead of, I think if it comes down to a Rashford or Tony argument, he'll pick Rashford. So I think Rashford was originally going to be in a squad, but he had a knock, didn't he, towards the end of the... Yes. Before the... Actually, I think he would have been in the last round of squads anyway. So I have no no doubt. The one from Manchester United I'm interested on is if they take Sancho or not. But we'll get onto that, I'm sure, when we get... Sancho's been in decent form, but not as good form as Rashford. So I would argue if it's going to be a choice between the two, I think Rashford goes. It would make more sense because I think the only strikers he'll take will be Kane and Tammy. Yeah. Uh, and I think you should at least have a third 
And he'll say Sterling and Foden are the thirds, but I think you should have a third out and out. And Rashford can play wide and can float. So it makes sense. Like The one thing it seems Southgate likes is versatile players. He likes players that can play multiple positions. Rashford can, so it would make sense. Which leads me on to arguably the one making the most noise at the moment in the media and particularly on social media that's not getting a look in. Maybe just because he only plays in one specific role. And that's James Madison, who's obviously been the shining light in quite a poor start for Leicester City. But Gareth Southgate doesn't seem to fancy him. Do you think he's got a chance of making the 26? 26, possibly. If it was 23, I don't think he does. The problem for Madison is I get all the hype. The problem for Madison is, one, we don't play with a natural 10. Southgate prefers to play with the 5-2-2-1 or whatever you want to call it, 5-2-3. So there isn't a natural 10. And if he is going to play with a natural 10, he's going to play Foden, he's going to play Mount who you could argue a better footballers than Madison. Madison's probably better on form than Mount right now. But Foden and Mount are ahead of him in, in the kind of tier list, if you were to put it in a list. So that's the problem with Madison. 26, though, you don't know. I mean, it's very possible. I think, to be fair to Mason Mount, I think we saw how effective Mason Mount was when he came on in that last game. I think it was against Germany and had a very instant impact. And the team looked in a much better attacking shape and scored himself. So uh, I, th- I think you're right. I, for me personally, and we're going to get into squads in a minute, I think Madison deserves to be there, arguably against ahead of someone like Grealish. I'm sure you could probably get a tune out of Madison playing out wide if they're playing sort of a 4-2-3-1 where the three tend to rotate behind the main striker. Uh, it would be interesting to see because I think if... Harry Kane's going to continue to drop deep, especially at this later right. stage of his career, then he's going to need runners to go beyond him. I'm not sure if uh, Madison will do that. On a less serious note, for the us- those of you who follow the podcast know about my uh, beautiful impersonation of Harry Kane. He, um, I don't know if you've seen Ryan, but he's, uh, he's going to be reading some books on the CBeebies channel. Oh, no. I'm watching that. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Uh, I really, really can't wait to see what books he's going to read. It's like trying to get Jonathan Ross to read The Hungry Caterpillar or something. You just don't maybe, do it. Maybe, I did say to Pete, I was talking to Pete about it, and I did say I wonder if they are just trying to teach him to read and this is the way of doing it correctly. Dear, no. I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't, seriously. I'm trying <laughs> to get him to pronounce his R's and stuff. Let's I think not his favourite book can... will be Peace of Last. <laughs> or The Mr. Oh, Men. Dear. Right, so back on. So we think pretty much we've seen what Gareth Southgate's going to take to the World Cup. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So we've had a go at picking our own squads for the World Cup. We've got 26-man squads as per the new rules. I would say I don't think my squad is massively different from Southgate. But one, there is a few differences. And two, I'd play them a lot differently. But I think the 26 isn't hugely different different from the 26 that he will pick or that's on my 26 anyway mine's massively different so we'll go like for like in position position have you decided what formation you're going to use i'm going to play a 4-3-3 with a well a four right depends so it'd be a 4-3-3 against sides that like top sides in the world and a 4-2-3-1 against sides that we should be they're dependent on the opposition in a group stage like a 4-2-3-1 then when we move on to the tournament i want someone sitting that's fair enough. I'm starting off with a predominant 4-2-3-1 because I think we've got the talent to impose ourselves on teams. I know Gareth Southgate doesn't do that, but hey, I'm England manager for this. So do you want to start with goalkeepers then? Right, yeah. So I've got three keepers. 
I've put them in ranking order of how I'd rank them. So Ramsdale is my one. Uh, Pickford mm-hmm. is my two. And, I, and I've still got Nick Pope at three. I know he made that mistake against Germany, but every keeper's got a mistake in him. That's the three. Uh, the only other one really in consideration was Dean Henderson. But at the minute, he's so low in confidence. He looked terrible last night against Villa. And I think he's just shot with the... He's, he's back, sir, and he's picking the ball out a lot. And he, bless him. I concur with literally everything you've just said. They are my th- main three. Again, I did look at Henderson, but he's just not had enough football over the last 12 months to um, warrant being in the squad for me. I think Nick Pope's done very well at Newcastle. Yes, he made the mistake, but I think he deserves to be in there on merit. I also would start Ramsdale. I think Ramsdale's a better goalkeeper than Pickford, but I think realistically Pickford's going to start, but he doesn't start for me. Ramsdale starts for me. So we do wing-backs as a, as a group and then do centre-half separately? Wing-backs, full-backs, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, so right and left side. I've yep. got four. And they're not all right-backs because I'm not a prick. Yes, I'm so, not going to Southgate either. So go ahead. So my, I've got Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell for the left and Reese James and Kieran Tripper for the right and Carl Walker and Trent can go fourth. I've got one change to that. Right. Luke Shaw does not make my squad purely because he hasn't played enough for Manchester United. He's getting a few more minutes now, and that may change between now and the World Cup. But as we're picking them based on the way things are at the moment, I've actually gone with Trippier, James, Chilwell and Mitchell from Crystal Palace. I think he's had a very good 12 to 18 months under Patrick Vieira, I would say. I think he deserves a call up. I think he should have been looked at by now. And bearing in mind the fact... I mean, he has that, played for England. Yeah, uh, under 21 or... No, he played for the first team. Oh, was he when? Yeah. Uh, was it Italy at home? Oh, well, there you go. He had a cap. Even more reason for me to take him then, because he was going to be pro- arguably the most inexperienced of my side. But I just think there were four options for me at left back for this World Cup. There was Chilwell, who's playing for... Crystal, uh, for Chelsea, sorry. So that's fine. Luke Shaw hasn't been playing for Manchester United. Matt Target has been doing very well for a very good Newcastle side who were rocketed up the table. And Mitchell. So for me, it was a choice between Target and Mitchell is who goes to back up Chilwell. And I've gone with Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, I picked Luke Shaw because I think he will play for Man United in the next few weeks. He seemed to have come on last week for Valencia. So we'll see if he can hold his place. And I just think Luke Shaw for England is I know that argument is oh, like Maguire, but I think it's different with Shaw. Shaw actually is good for England. Maguire is crap, but Southgate pretends he's good. Luke Shaw genuinely has been good for England. So that's why I picked him. I mean, I'd start Chilwell, and I'd, like I'd start James on the right. But I'd, I would take Luke Shaw just because I think, and all the other reasons to take two left-backs, is the worry is you have one left-footer in the squad. I agree. I don't, that annoys me. Yeah, I don't subscribe to using Kieran Trippier or anybody else. Carl Walker or Reese James uh, left back. I don't do it. I do believe, for me personally, I think you should have two options for each position on the pitch. Yep, completely agree. Should we move to centre halves then? This How should many, be interesting. Uh, this, this should be interesting. How many have you got? I'm taking five. Right, me too. So, do you want to go ahead go. with your first, with your five? Yep. So, I've got John Stones. Yep. Makaya Tomori. Yep. Mark Gee, 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 Gee. No, I haven't got him. Eric Dier. 
No, haven't got him. And Ben White. I've got Ben White. The other two I'm taking, uh, you're not going to like these, by the way, but is Connor Cody, who's had a fantastic season for Everton. I had Connor Cody in the squad originally. I took him out. I, th- I think he's a leader, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Wolves are struggling since he's been let, sent out on loan for no particular reason, obviously. Since you've been gone. Yeah, Bruno Large at the beginning of the season decided to go in a different direction, and that's pretty spectacularly blown up in his face because he's no longer the Wolves' manager. And the second, uh, the fifth one is Tyrone Mings, and I've taken Tyrone Mings because I'm not having Harry Maguire anywhere near my squad. And Tyrone Mings, in my opinion, proved that he was an able deputy at the last tournament at the Euros before Maguire came back. I think I said it on the review podcast that we did last year that I thought Mings was very unlucky to lose his place in the side to an unfit Harry Maguire. So, Gordon, you can give me stick for that one now. No, I, I mean, I, I just don't think Tyrone Mings is better than Mark Gay and Eric Dier, in my opinion. But I, I can't argue with it because, as you said, he did do a good job in that game and he probably deserved to keep his spot because he played the Croatia game and was dropped for the Scotland game because Maguire came back. And frankly, so I picked based... Eric Dier, I think, has been so good for Tottenham this year that I couldn't leave him out. Um, I believe Mark Gay genuinely is a good player uh, for Palace. I think he's a big reason why Palace's defence is able to shut teams out. Um, I just didn't have room for Tyra Mings and Cody. Cody was originally on the list because I forgot Ben White existed until about an hour ago. Um, and uh, and then there's another one coming later on that I changed because of similar reasons. So, I mean, but I'd have no problems with either of them. Cody was literally, as I said, about to be in the squad. Mings I considered, but I just don't think he's better than the ones I've already placed. I would agree that Gaze should be in the England squad. I think after this World Cup, I think he should be more of a regular for England. I would argue it that... Be. <laughs> no, but I would argue that Tamori and Gay would be a partnership to experiment with maybe in the Nations League, um, not necessarily in the... May, maybe some of the poorer qualifiers, shall we say, but I definitely think they both need to get a run out and a, and a run out together because I think arguably they could be the future for England. I think those two, and if Joe Gomez can find some regular time that's your free center half rotational options for the next five seven years they're both they're all under 24 and who was the other one eric dear i did want to take eric dear because i do think he's a decent defender the only problem that concerns me with eric dear and it's quite prevalent in the current england setup when gareth southgate plays three at the back there's not much pace in Dier Maguire, and I think that's why he's always put Carl Walker there to be the the runner who covers, if you know what I mean. Mm. So well, yeah, the, that's the why he picked, didn't make it for me. The other reason I picked Dier is because, like I said, when we play the more significant teams, I think I need someone sitting in front of the back four. And if for whatever reason Rice isn't fit or suspended, Dier can play that role. So he's good. Like I probably would, as other people will get onto my midfield in a minute. But I just think having someone that can play different roles is good for the squad. He's done a good job at centre-back. He can play in midfield. He has done it for England. I think he is a sitter rather than a midfield two kind of man. He's more of a... He's an anchor man, isn't he? He sits yeah, in front of the back four. He's the one that, if Declan Rice doesn't play there, then I probably play Dier. Or, I mean, you could play a few others, depending on what your squad looks like. 
but he's someone that can play that role. That's kind of why he edged it over. Because really, Cody could do that too back in his younger days. But now I don't know if he could play that defensive midfield role as well as he could, say, five years ago. I would say that I think because of his lack of pace, I think the time has passed, shall we say. So shall we move on to central midfielders? Yep. I've, this includes attacking midfielders for me, by the way. Just to... well, we'll, Anyone we'll... that plays centrally. Yep. So I've got Foden. Right. Mason Mount, James Ward-Prowse, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson and James Madison. Conor Gallagher was on the list until I worked out that I had 27 players, so he came off it. My choice for just for the central midfield two as I'm playing a 4-2-3-1 is Bellingham, Rice, James Ward-Prowse, Henderson and Conor Gallagher. They would be my five options for central midfield. So who plays behind the striker? I'd put them here right. as well. If if you want my attacking midfielders, because they can all rotate yeah, well, I put, I put between, them this bit. between all of them, I would be taking Mason Mount, James Madison, I think should be there. I think he offers something a lot different to what we already got. Sterling, Rashford, Graylish and Foden and Saka as well. Okay, yeah, okay. I've put the wingers as forwards, but yeah. Right, okay. So I've taken... So that's my midfield and my forwards. I think we're mostly similar. I've got Sterling, Sancho, Abraham, Rashford, Kane, Kralish and Saka. I did want to take Sancho, but it was a case of Sancho versus Rashford. Yeah, uh, so and I Rashford had, wins. Mine was Sancho or Gallagher. Take the extra midfielder or take the extra forward. And I went with the extra forward because I've already got, as I said, if I'm playing with the 4-2-3-1, the then I've got Ward-Prowse, Rice, Bellingham, Henderson. Then if I'm playing the deeper and we're playing with uh, the three, I've got Dier and Rice for the holding. Then you've got Henderson, Mount. Because Mount can play a bit deeper. I wouldn't necessarily put Foden in the eight, but you could put Mount in the eight if you have to. So I went with the extra winger because then you can have St- if you start the game, say you stay start the game, Saka and Sterling, which I would personally, mm-hmm. uh, you can then bring on Sancho or Rashford or Graylish. I, I think Graylish is a better off-the-bench player for England than he is as a starter. I yes, think when he I think he's bringing, you don't see him, but when he comes in and 70 minutes, 60 minutes into a game, other teams panic. I think Graylish has to come off the bench and then up front, Kane and uh, Tammy. I did again, so it got down to a point where I worked myself down to Conor Gallagher, James Sancho, and Ivan Tony. But as I said at the beginning of the podcast, Rashford can play through there and can drop into other areas. So he pips Tony. And then, so he was in the squad. Then Sancho, because of the whip, beat Gallagher and then just meant that Gallagher and Tony miss out. Obviously, but you can have up to 30 people in the original squad. So they, I would put them both in my preliminary squad, I guess. And then they would be the ones cut. Like you, I've also gone for Kane and Abraham. And that's the reason why Rashford got the nod over Sancho. I would have loved to have taken Sancho because I do think Sancho would be a very good option to have. But ultimately, Rashford's done such a good job playing through the middle this season. I've got to eat humble pie. I've always said he's never a striker. He's always best coming in from the left. But by and large, he seems to be playing up front. And full credit to him, he's gone back to basics. He's doing what he did best, which was running direct and finishing instead of trying to overplay it. So I think he deserves to definitely be in there. I did want to take Ivan Tony as well because I thought he could potentially offer something very different to Harry Kane and Tammy Abrahams, because although Tammy Abrahams is doing very well, 
He's had very little time with England on the pitch. And when he has been on the pitch, Tammy Abraham, to be honest, has not done too much to convince me. Well, that... he gets 10 minutes, didn't he? Ten well, no, minutes. to be fair, he has had like 60, 70 minutes yeah, in, in a few code. yeah, in a few games. But even then, games, yeah, he's not done much to impress me. And I wouldn't... This may sound very horrible, but if Harry Kane gets injured, I don't really want to put all my eggs into the Abraham basket, if you know what I mean. But I, I, I personally would trust Tammy. I think you need to feed Tammy, which is probably a problem with Southgate's football. But not with mine, because I'd be telling him to get the ball in that fucking box. So who is your starting eleven? My starting eleven is Aaron Ramsdale, Reese James. Reese James? Yeah, it is Reese James, isn't it? Yes. John Stones, Fakayo Tamori, Ben Chilwell, Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Sterling, Foden, Saka and Kane. My starting eleven would be Ramsdale, James, Tamori, Stones, Chilwell, Rice and James Ward-Prowse. I know you love Bellingham, but I think James Ward-Prowse offers a bit more leadership. And That's, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. And he's also a dead piece specialist. And it's something yeah. I believe England nah. have firmly <laughs> lacked for years. I'm not having that. Is... <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting. I, I just personally think it's ridiculous that we've got Harry Kane under, was it Roy Hodgson? Under Gareth Southgate, we've got players like Luke Shaw and Reese James taking free kicks and corners. Yeah, that was weird. It normally makes a mount. If your fullbacks are taking corners and free kicks, what does that say about your attacking options? Are you seriously telling me that Graylish, Foden, Saka, Sterling shouldn't be good at taking free kicks and corners? Well, it's not, to, be, to be fair, it's normally Mason Mount. If Mount's on the pitch, he normally takes the corners. And the free kicks, that was weird. The free kicks are normally Harry Kane's, so I don't know why. Or Trippier. Trippier. Was Trippier on the pitch? It, yeah, but Trippier's no, another played, one. No, but he didn't play Trippier. But Trippier is a natural set-piece taker. Like he, yes, but again, is a fullback taking free kicks. I don't care. I don't care if he's a keeper. Don't get me if wrong. If the they're best... good at it, then fair enough. <laughs> exactly. Given Trippier. But what does it I... say about our talent? when we've gone from midfielders like David Beckham who could whip one into the yeah, top corner. I don't think if you've got the set piece now that Kieran Trippier does, I don't think that is a comment on the rest because I think he's genuinely that good at taking set pieces. Yes, but why aren't the attacking players as good, if you see what I mean? Well, they might be. It's just that Trippier's better. They're obviously not. No, it's sound funny. From my personal perspective, and this may sound a little bit weird, but if I'm someone like Raheem Sterling, I'm obviously not the tallest guy in the world or the physically strongest guy in the world. So when it comes to set pieces, I would be training myself to be the one that delivers the set piece rather than yeah, the one got, but if you in the box. Him, he, he's the little one that has to step on the keeper's feet. Yes, but from my oh, perspective... Oh, that's a shithouse role. Yeah, but like from that. my perspective, the smallest member of the team should be the most effective at free kicks and corners if, yeah, you if you look I, at Trippier, Trippier is actually quite small. Yeah, I just don't think that. Um, I don't think replacing Bellingham for Wolf Prowse, apart from a set piece advantage, makes much sense. And a, and a leadership role because he is the captain at uh, Southampton. Yeah, even but then, I'd, I'd still pick Bellingham all day. Then I'm starting with Sterling, Foden, and Rashford with Kane up front. I Sterling think on the right. I think if Kane's going to keep dropping deep, then Sterling and Rashford need to get really far beyond him because 
the, the way that Harry Kane plays for England, he tries to be the playmaker for England. Maybe and I'm still not sure until Bellingham's had a good solid year in the England team that we've got a playmaker who can actually pick up the ball, dictate play, and then take the ball forwards. That's, I think that's why Kane keeps dropping off to pick up the ball. So I think if they're going to do that, I think also, Kane... we don't play with a 10 as such. Yeah. Right. Because we play the five at the back, we ask Sterling and Foden to play in those inside areas. And there's no one kind of between the midfield and the strike. Like we both said, we'd put Foden there, which I'd hope would stop Harry dropping as deep because Foden would be in those positions naturally. And if I've Harry seen... does drop, then you can let tell Foden that if you see Harry dropping, then you go. Like Tottenham do, like when Harry Kane drops, when they played the two up front towards the back end of last year, when Harry Kane drops, some went. So that there is the kind of yin and yang. So if Harry Kane does drop, then you can tell Foden, right, you go in and fill the gaps and then you can get Sterling. For me, it'll be Sterling and Saka, Sterling and Rashford to come in and cause extra problems. I wouldn't be against seeing Saka and Rashford, one on Saka on the left, on the right, Rashford on the left. I think that could be equally as good. I just think Sterling does start because, and we said it during the, the Euros, you know, one of our thing, Sterling will do nothing all game and you think he's shit and then yeah. he'll score. Yeah, he d- score. his record for Every England time. is amazing. So, so I don't think you can't... You have to start him. He does piss me off because he will do fuck all for 80 minutes. If you're nil-nil, you need a goal. Sterling normally gets it. I think I'd also be tempted if the situation arose for it to play Harry Kane as a 10 and behind Tammy Abrahams. What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Tammy is, uh, Tammy is what doesn't get the credit he gets because he plays in Italy, so not many people watch him. And everyone seems to think he's uh, like a poacher. Everyone seems to just think he sits in the box and pokes it in. Uh, but he does a lot more. Uh, he's very physical. And I think if he was there kind of using the ball and then letting Harry run off him. Because Harry's not slow. That's the other thing. Like, Kane isn't slow. I think that could work quite successful. Even, like, Tammy and, and Rashford. Like, when, for example, I mean, we've said it so many times. When we're playing, like, Estonia. No offence, Estonia. But why are you play, Like, that's the opportunity to play two up front and just see how the movement works. Because I don't know if we said it before. and I don't know if you agree. But, like, when we play those, no, those nothing sides, no offence to them, but when we're going to, like, Malta and Gibraltar and San Marino. You're not looking at what a player can do because they are streets ahead of what they're playing. It's more yeah. like how do how do they interact with their teammates? That's when, in my opinion, you could try something like Kane and Abraham and in a nine and ten and just see how they move. It's not even about how yeah. they perform because you're playing Andorra. So it doesn't really matter, but it's about how they move and how they fit in together. But Safi doesn't even do that. He will play He'll still play Harry Kane and Rafa five at the Foden, back, and you're like, why? Like, what's the point? Like, I don't know about you. And again, we're going into a different world. Football manager when I've managed England, if I know I'm playing Andorra, that's where I play everyone that's not going to play in a big game. Everyone that I've called up, kind of as the backups. There you go, and I'll yeah. try something. I like, play. You, a try, com- you try it. I play a completely different eleven. It's like my if I'm playing someone like San Marino, it's my opportunity to see if the backup 11 can perform as well as, as the starting 11, if you see what I mean. Yeah, like the with the Nations League, we've all agreed that Nations League's bollocks, as much as I'd like us to still win the games because I want England to win every game, it's bollocks. 
I would have used the Nations League. I do it on FM. I use the Nations League to try different players. So you start your, maybe you start your core seven if you have a core seven, and then you can drip in some new players like they did, like they did with Jared Bowen, not this squad, but the squad before. You give him two games and say, right, this is your two games. Impress me. I actually thought he played really well in those two England games after the end of the season. Um, the results weren't good, but I actually thought Jared Bowen did play quite well. Um, but obviously, was in the squad, but didn't feature this time. But yeah, I, th- I think that's that's part of the problem with with Southgate is it, we don't know what Tammy is in an England shirt because he's. I looked at his games, like Tammy Abraham's games for England. I can't remember if it was on a podcast or if I was talking to you separately. But all of his appearances for England are against like he's had like I think he said so he's had two starts in an England shirt. Yeah, San Marino, and I think it was Montenegro, and then apart from that, it's like. His debut against Brazil was off the bench. Then it's like 10 minutes against Poland, 10 minutes against Ukraine, 10 minutes here. When England need a moment, they chuck him on and hope. Like the the Hungry game was like, chuck on Tammy, see if he can nick something. A few months back when he was at Wembley before they turned us, spanked us up. Also, if I remember but, rightly, I think he's had two starts and both of them he's been substituted in after about yeah, 60 like he's never 70 played minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah. Like he's never had 90 we were, minutes. We played, there was a fire before kickoff. I want to say it was Andorra. Last mm-hmm. the, the qualifiers, not this the last set of qualifiers. No, it might have been these World Cup qualifiers. We just had the Nations League, didn't we? So it would have been the World Cup qualifiers. I think it was Andorra, it might have been San Marino. We were like five nil up, 70 minutes. And they took him off to Harry Kane. And I yeah. why? What why? What, what's the point? Just no. me to play 90. And if if it's worried about his fitness, then bring on someone else. You didn't need to bring on Harry Kane then. No, that's one always been one of my arguments, is just that no matter what happens, he seems to play his favourites, when there's really just no need. So as the England manager, with your squad that you've selected, how Mm. far do you think you'd go in the World Cup? Well, here's the thing, and I'm sure when the World Cup comes, we'll have a bit of a World Cup preview pod. But there's a predictor online that you can do, and you put in the results in the predictor website. If we win the group, which I think we will, I I think we beat Wales... Sorry, I think we beat USA and we beat Iran. We're better than Iran. USA are having a lot of problems as a team. I think we beat them. And I think we draw with Wales, so it's a goal difference thing. We top the group. We'll then play the runner-up of Group A, which is Holland, Senegal. So, sorry, just to clarify, this is you as manager with your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. yeah. Exactly. Okay. I think I think Wales, I think the, the fire that the Welsh have, the players, would get a draw against England. Right, okay. Uh, I know we beat them last time, but I genuinely believe first World Cup in what sixty years or something. Then we go through, play the winner of Ecuador, play the runner up of Holland, Ecuador, Senegal, Qatar. And I think we beat them. And then after that is France. It'll be France or France slash Germany slash Spain. Right. Germany and Spain are in the same group. Whoever finishes second will play France and then come through to us. That's <laughs> be honest, I don't think we beat France. I think we could. Because if we played the right football, so but I think with, it's one of those games 50-50. quarterfinals. With your team, you think you'd reach the quarterfinals? Yeah, I think to be honest, I think I'd be inclined to agree with my side. I think we probably reach the quarterfinals. I'd I'd argue that my tactics are a bit shithousery, so I might get to a semi or a final. Well, yeah, I think we get to the quarterfinals. We play France. If we actually attack them, which I would send out as you would to win the game, unlike certain managers. No comment. I would attack France. I think we could beat them. I think it'd just be one of those games where 
it goes either way. And then I think after France is Argentina. And if we play Argentina, I think we beat them because they can't defend. Fair enough. But and, I think it's one of those toss-up. And to our listeners, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, head over to our YouTube channel, the Football Funders Podcast, and subscribe because if things go as according to plan, we may be bringing you some live reaction videos on YouTube. And you may get a couple of live podcasts as well during the World Cup. So go over there and subscribe and keep the notifications on. And you'll actually probably horrify yourselves by seeing our ugly mugs for the very first time. I apologise in advance. So that's our England squads. Go to at Football Funders on Twitter and drop yours in. And we'll jump online and we'll comment on whether we think yours are any good or not. It's at F-Ball Funders. At F-Ball Funders. I stand corrected. If you tweet at Football Funders, I don't know who gets it. <laughs> there you go. Just to confirm it is at F-Ball Funders. So drop your England squad in the comments. In other England news, and this one went under my radar, but it seemed to be very quietly announced that the Euro 2024 qualification draw took place, I think it was two days ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was Sunday. It was Sunday. Well, that's probably why I didn't notice it. It was Sunday. I will quickly run through the groups now, just for everybody listening. Group A, Spain, Scotland, Norway, Georgia, and Cyprus. Group B, Netherlands, France, Republic of Ireland, Greece, and Gibraltar. (laughs) Good luck. Group C, Italy, England, Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Malta. Group D, Croatia, Wales, Armenia, Turkey, and Latvia. Group E, Poland, Czechia. Get Republic, that's their their new name, is it? Their okay. Official name, yeah, Albania, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Oof. Group F Belgium, Austria, Sweden, Azerbaijan, Estonia. Group G Hungary, Serbia, Montenegro, Bulgaria, Lithuania. Group H Denmark, Finland, Slovenia, Kazakhstan, Northern Ireland, and San Marino. Group oh, I Switzerland, Israel, Romania, Kosovo, Belarus, Andorra, and the last group, Group J, Portugal, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, Iceland, Luxembourg, Slovakia, and Liechtenstein. So, we'll start off talking about England. What do you make of that, Dan? Italy, Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Malta. I think that's how it finishes in that order. (laughs) I think, I think, listen, People are making a big fuss of Ukraine, and I'm not being funny. We smashed them 4 0 in the Euros, and they have just come off losses to Wales and Scotland, and they weren't close losses. You know, they were. Um, I know people will say about the the problems at home with Ukraine and how it might affect the football, but we did tank them at the Euros before there was an invasion of their country. Um, so I, I'm not particularly bothered by them. I think we saw from the Italy game, they're not. I think, again, which depends who's manager when this comes around. If it is Southgate or if it's not, the World Cup, I guess, will will show that. And if he has balls to change the way he plays. But I think Italy are there for the taking. Uh, we just didn't attack them when we played them, which was the problem. North Macedonia, if you remember, Ryan, were actually in the Euros last year and put up a bit of a fight, but half of their squad has since retired because they're all about 30. And, uh, and Malta are going to be the whipping boys that everyone just spanks, aren't they? So the good news is two teams go through and then there's a playoff for the teams that finish third if you've won your Nations League group. 
Which we haven't because we got relegated. We, we haven't, but I, I don't see a world where we don't finish in the top two. So To be honest, I would expect us to top that group because Italy, they're really struggling. Although they won the Euros, they failed to qualify for the World Cup. They're really struggling to try and find any sort of cohesion at the moment. The amount of players that Mancini's now used for Italy is bordering on quite startling, to be honest. So I, I think I would expect that However, to be an England win. We start using this qualifying, they'll have Lorenzo Luca up front. <laughs> you never know. We'll see. Scotland, I would argue, have got a bit of a tougher draw. Spain and Norway. You think they go through? I think they go through with Scotland, with Spain. You think that Scotland can take Norway? Yes. I think if, if I have watched Norway, and if you take Erling Haaland, not out because he still plays, Norway's team is not that good outside Erling Haaland. So they, yes, they have the magic of Odegaard and Haaland. They're still not that good. They, they, have, they didn't go to the last Euros. They're not coming to the World Cup. And it's going to come down to Scotland or Norway. See, I think Scotland have every chance. Spain win it. And I think Georgia, Georgia will be difficult. Georgia could be that team that costs, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're going to take a point off of a few they people. Could, they could nick a draw at Scotland. And that's the reason Norway go through. Um, right. and Cyprus are there, like I said about Malta, Cyprus are there to pick up some bum spanks. The Republic of Ireland, I think, have got a pretty tough group. Netherlands, yeah, France yeah, and fun. Greece. Gibraltar is obviously going to be a doddle, even I mean, should be a doddle least, even for Republic of Ireland. At least they'll beat Gibraltar twice. I mean, but I don't think Republic of Ireland are going to qualify. Do you? Oh, I think they'll finish fourth. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think France win the group. Holland second. Greece aren't great, but neither are Ireland. Wales, I think, have got a very good chance of going through. They've oh, got I think Croatia, I think they the Turkey are the main ones. I think they win the group. You think they win it? You think they'll go in because ahead of Croatia? The rest of them, Croatia aren't as good as they used to be. They suck. We saw that at the Euros. They're crap. But there's a lot of um, Eastern Europe shenanigans in that group, if you take out Wales. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it will lead to a lot of like dull 1-1 draws where it's more of the occasion in the game and it's left to Wales to pick up the scraps. Like Tur- Turkey um, were a team that I will never say are good again because I thought they were a good side going into last year's Euros mm. and they completely shat the bed. So I refuse to give them any credit. So I think Wales win it. Croatia is second. And then there's a battle for... I think Armenia are one of the teams that are already confirmed a playoff spot through the Nations League, but don't hold me to that. Portugal, I think, have got Group J wrapped up, don't you? Bosnia, Herzegovina, oh, Iceland, yeah. Luxembourg, Slovenia and Liechtenstein. I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, I'd argue, three groups where the winners are already confirmed. I think Switzerland win Group I. Although I think Group I is going to be interesting to watch because Israel, Romania and Kosovo have all pulled off good scalps in recent years. And I think against each other, could be like Romania Kosovo is going to be a game, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Portugal, I'm going to be interested to see because I think this could potentially be the first tournament or qualifying tournament without a certain Mr. Ronaldo. So with Portugal, they always the problem with Portugal, and it always seems to be they always seem to shit house their way through to major tournaments. Mm. But they're always drawn into a group where you go, oh, they'll win that. And then somehow they they sneak through it. Slovakia could underdo them. Group G, by the way, speaking of Eastern Europe nonsense, Group yes. G, 
of Hungary, Serbia, Montenegro, Bulgaria, and Lithuania. Oh, yeah, that's... I don't want to be near any of them games. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't want to be a fan going to those stadiums. I think Denmark have got Group A locked up as well. Yeah, that group's going to be like I think it will probably be Denmark and Slovenia run off and uh, bugger off with it because I don't st- think Finland are that good. I'm still not sure about Scotland qualifying from Group A. Norway have got Haaland. Yeah, but they're just. Have you seen Norway play? Have you watched the Norway game? I haven't. No, I must. Admit. They suck. But they've got Haaland. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what. Ge- that's the thing that gives them a chance. They've got Odegaard. Is Odegaard Norwegian? He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, they've but that's got, it. They've got Odegaard and Haaland. I think that's enough to beat yeah, I mean, Scotland, it, don't you? Yeah. No. No, I don't because I can't defend. <laughs> I think. I don't. I, as I said, I think Spain win the group, and whoever gets better results against Georgia at Scotland or Norway. Group E is not a group I particularly want to watch. I think Poland have got that one on lock. It finishes that in that order, though. You well, think? It doesn't matter. Faroe Islands, Moldova, you can bugger them off. Albania. Faroe Islands finished bottom. Albania qualified to not the last Euros, the Euros before that, and only missed out on this one in the playoffs. So, there aside, Group F could be tasty. Belgium, Austria, and Sweden. Yes. Because if Belgium don't turn up to Austria or Sweden, they could be beaten quite easily. I agree. Uh, especially Austria. I think Austria are a good side. Sweden, we saw them in the Euros. They're not particularly great. Are Sweden at the World Cup? They're not, are they? At the no, World Cup? No. I don't think so. I don't think they've made it. Um, But yeah, I think if I had to pick two teams, kind of each group, I'd go from group. Let's do it this way because then we'll see how much we match. Group A, so I take you're going Spain and Norway. I am, yeah. I'll stick Spain, Scotland. France and Holland? Yes. The Netherlands. In, uh, Italy, England? Yes. Wales, Croatia? I'm going Wales, Turkey. It wouldn't surprise me if I said that Turkey have broke. Turkey let me down. I'm not really forgiven them yet. I just think that there's a lot of young talent coming out in Turkey at the moment. It's still very much based in the Turkish league, but I think there's a lot of talent there. And Croatia, Modric has been amazing, but I think he's, what, 38 now? He's probably not far. No, exactly. I I'm not sure he's going to be at this tournament, and he's like the last of the big Croatians. Well, they'll still mm-hmm. have Kovacic um, in the midfield, who does a really good job for them. Yeah, but it's I think Perisic still plays for them, but again, he's 32. I think they've got Gosvidal. Is it Gosvidal? Yeah, Josip Gosvidal. I'd have to look deeper into their front. squad. He's good. He's good. Uh, right, right, Group E is Poland and Czechia. Yes. I think Czechia win the group, but Poland, Poland will go through. I would put F, Poland as group winners. F, mm, Belgium, and I'll go Sweden. I'm going to go but, Austria. Because I think Alexander Isaac could score for fun in that group. G, I don't think they'll complete a single game, so it'll be done on alphabetical order. <laughs> I'm going Hungary and Serbia. It will be. Yeah, I'd have Hungary and Serbia. I think Hungary win the group quite convincingly from what we've just seen of them at the Nations League. H, I'll go Denmark and Slovenia. I'll go Denmark, Finland. I, this is fucking lucky dip. I'll go Switzerland and Romania. I'm going Switzerland and Israel. A little bit wants me to go Kosovo, but I won't. And then J, it don't matter. I'll go Portugal, Slovakia. I'm going to go... Portugal, Bosnia, Herzegovina. Depends who plays for Bosnia nowadays. No, Dzeko doesn't anymore. So. If I remember rightly, there's a few decent Bosnian defenders. So, Amadozic. There you go. FM legend. Your lad. Can't play for Sheffield United, but you know. 
I'm off to disappoint myself to watch Charlton, everybody. Oh, poor Dan. He's torturing himself. Has a day off and decides to make himself miserable. It cost me nothing. I don't care. Well, technically it did. It was just a rearranged match, wasn't it? No, it didn't, didn't, didn't cost me anything the first time either. Are you getting that many free tickets now you're working for the Trust? No, we're actually not, but I managed to get these ones free. And then the Queen decided that I can't go to the original game. May she rest in peace. That is going to bring an end to this podcast. Just a quick reminder again to head on over to our YouTube channel, uh, the Football Funders Podcast, and subscribe there for the World Cup coming up. Also go to at FBallFunders on Twitter and subscribe there because we may be doing some live audio there as well. We might sneak in a, a live audio because we plan on attending the pub for Wales versus England. So we might do something in, I think it's called Twitter Spaces, is that right? Yes, Twitter Space, yes. We will probably be bringing you a lot more content during the World Cup. So thank you very much for joining me, Dan. No problem. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to head on over to The Proper Blokes Club, www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk. And let us talk mental health on Twitter at underscore let us talk. Let us talk underscore MH. And that's why Dan's the assistant manager. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon. Happy design. Bye, bye.